Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, this is my league. This is the My Taught You podcast, and it has been far too long. Uh, I haven't recorded a podcast since 2021, and... I will get into all of the reasons why and what I have been up to when I formally launch my podcast again in 2024. But for now, because I feel like I've been away too long, I feel like you and I need to have a few warm-up sessions. And so it is October 31st. Um, It is Halloween 2023, and I really enjoy spending time with you. And so Um, as the weather is cooling off, I have this really beautiful candle burning in my office. It is, you have to try it, you guys. It is the Capri Blue Apple Cider Social Candle. I mean, it smells like holidays right now, but it's the end of the year and there's no shortage of panic posts circulating online, encouraging you to sprint to the imaginary finish line of the year. I'm here because I have missed you and because I spent a good amount of time answering a letter someone sent me. I want you to feel free to do the same. If you have a question, if there's something you want me to work through, please shoot me an email. It is always anonymous to mytaughtyou at gmail.com. So I figured I would share this letter because it might be helpful as these end of the year feelings make their way into your heads and hearts. Many of us are burning through or have maybe even burned through our emotional and energetic reserves. There's a chance our cups are low. There's a chance our cups are empty at this time of year. And this time can feel heavy, you know, heavy on the pouring right now because a lot of us are cooking and cleaning, preparing for family members. We are shopping, we are buying gifts. Um, Some of us are hosting in our homes or traveling, you know, at times when airports and and train stations are are bursting at the seams. And a lot of us are having to meet some deadlines at work, some deadlines in our business. And so the end of the year can bring about a lot of pouring at a time where we are typically running low or fully out. Um, of our reserves. When our cups are empty, some of the everyday tasks just feel hard. It's harder to be patient. um, And what tends to feel even harder for me is not being able to experience the joy holiday season tends to bring. So before I move on to the letter, 
I want to share a few things for you to consider if this season is feeling hard for you. Um, now might, now might be a time for you to circle back with your therapist. If you've been taking a break, um, it might be a time to get into a support group. Uh, I know trauma therapist and friend Kobe Campbell is doing a pre holiday support group. I saw that it's full. I just looked because I was going to tell you to look for it. Um, but maybe there's something similar and I would even encourage you to create your own support group, gather a few friends, set up some zoom calls, set up some in-person check-ins, um, and maybe even schedule a fun outing or two that you all that you all can do to sort of culminate, you know, the fact that you've been meeting and holding each other up through this hard time. Um, make sure you've got your coping mechanisms lined up. You've got good sleep. Uh, I'm going to share some sleep stuff with you guys because I have gotten so into sleep, probably because having two kids, you don't get a lot of it. And so focusing on their sleep, I was so busy focusing on their sleep. And I was like, what about my sleep? So your coping mechanisms, making sure you're getting a good night's rest, doing some breath work. There are some phenomenal apps, you know, and I'll share some of these with you, but like, there's just some phenomenal, phenomenal apps for breath work. Do your stretching, do yoga. If that's your jam, exercise, go for a walk, you know, your vitamins and supplements, make sure you've got everything you need in place. Um, and the next thing, you know, is I want to make sure that you have your boundaries and I have two, I have two different types of boundaries that go around your budget boundaries. This is my favorite time of year, uh, when it comes to thinking about my finances. I'm sorry, y'all. This is how, you know, it's my first day back. I didn't turn off my email, but we can keep going. This is my favorite time of year when it comes to um, the budget, because now is the time that you get to decide what you're going to be spending on gifts and travel and potluck and all of the things. What are you going to participate in? What are the outfits you're wearing? Now is the time for you to set some boundaries with yourself. And here's a little a little script that you can use, you know, should you try this on, see how it fits. This year hasn't been the easiest for me financially. And I have set a boundary with myself of not going into debt buying gifts. If there is another way that I can contribute to the gathering that's within my budget, would you please let me know? Or if you don't want to ask the question, you could just say that script. And instead of asking the question, you say, and this is what I'll be doing this year. Um, setting boundaries with family. I'm always leaning on Nedra Tawab's work. <laughs> I'm always laying on her work. And even when I was doing this podcast, I was like, I bet you I can Google and find her holiday boundaries. And of course they're there on, on her Instagram. And she says, if you're spending time with family during the holidays, remember this. And she has several points that include, it's not everyone else's holiday. It's yours too. Therefore your needs matter. And my favorite, which is the last one that she says is know when to leave the gathering develop an exit strategy. And so now that we have warmed up, I'm warming up. It is my first time back. Uh, let's get into this letter. So letter says, I am 28 years old and I have no clue what I'm doing. Like none. I had an okay job before the pandemic with benefits and then had to pivot and become a nanny in the spring of 2020. I felt because I did the work and got a bachelor's degree that I shouldn't be in this predicament where I have no career and basically nothing to my name. I quit nannying last month and currently don't have a job. 
while my mental health has improved, my outlook on life is in the pits of Hades. If it wasn't for my partner, life would be quite interesting. I keep hearing, but you're young. I don't feel it. I feel like I should have something to show for the last seven years. I'm currently applying to school for a master's in social work and job hunting in the social services sector. I've basically tied my ability to get a job with more debt, another degree, 30 is fast approaching. And although I know that means nothing in the grand scheme of things, I also know that there is a booklet in society where 30 year olds should have it together. What are some tips for getting over the, my life should look like this by this time feeling? After reading this letter, I wondered if it would be possible for you to trust yourself to know what your life should look like at this time or whose voices you hear when you say things like that. Whose voices have you heard when you said you should have something to show for the last seven years? I broke out a lot of things that we could talk about. We could talk about what it feels like to have no clue what you're doing in your 20s. We could talk about the idea that having a degree should equate to a thriving career in cash. We could talk about having a hard time believing in what you can't see, you know, the, your outlook on life. We could talk about racking up more debt, getting another degree, which I just cannot recommend. But the overall theme of the stuff that I'm going to tackle and the last question I'm going to get to is the idea of having it all together by any particular age. And so let's walk this down. We're going to start with having no clue at 28 years old. And we're going to just keep it simple with science. And maybe it's not that simple, but there's something about becoming a mother and really getting a front row seat to child development and just human biology, brain development. In our current society, The 18th birthday marks your official transition from childhood to adulthood. But there isn't really a clear line that separates your childhood from your adulthood. People are on a pathway. We're on a trajectory. And one key part of that trajectory is the development of your prefrontal cortex, This is something that I have spent a lot of time understanding as both of my children develop. The prefrontal cortex is a significant part of the brain that affects how we regulate our emotions, control our impulsive behavior, assess risk, and I have this bolded for you, and make long-term plans. Now, This part of the brain doesn't stop growing at 18. It's not like, you know, a timer goes off on your 18th birthday. Ding, you're ready to roll. In fact, research shows that it can take more than 25 years for this part of your brain to reach maturity. They say mid to late 20s. So while we're here, because I think this is really important and understanding how the brain develops back to front and how the front is where all of this is. Let's talk about the prefrontal cortex for just a little bit longer. And I promise not to bore you, but I think it's helpful to understand the science. So neurobiologist, Daniel Siegel, who has written incredible books. If you haven't 
um, read any of his books. I was introduced to him, you know, with the whole brain child for my kids. And then I realized that he has written other books, but neurobiologist Daniel Siegel identifies nine unique functions of the prefrontal cortex. We're going to run through them. Body regulation, monitoring your heart rate, your breathing, your digestion when we aren't on high alert, attuned communication, effectively interacting with others on an emotional level, emotional balance, response, flexibility, empathy, insight. And for insight, it's the mindful awareness of our past and present that enabled, enables a realistic image of our future. Fear modula modulation, intuition, and morality. So society is signaling that by 18 years old, these are the things that we are supposed to be able to do before our bodies and our brains have even developed to the point of actually being able to do them. It makes sense that in your mid to late twenties, or it doesn't even matter, you know, thirties, wherever you are, it makes sense that you don't have it all figured out by now. If your brain even hasn't, isn't fully baked or hasn't been fully baked for a while. Right. And so we're just getting to that point where our brain has finally baked and now we need to learn how to use this part of our brain. And so something that I have learned y'all is that the idea of being able to like regulate your emotions and think soundly and all of that stuff is something that we should have learned from our caregivers. So if we had caregivers that were unable to regulate their emotions you know, things happen, no one helped them, there's a chance that they didn't have the skills to help us regulate ours. And so some of the, some of the work that I've been doing, why, why I have been gone from having the time to do this for the last few years is that I realized quickly that I did not have the skills. My child is screaming, yelling, kicking. And if you, if you had asked me, would I have a child that did this? I would have bet you no. And I would have bet you that I would have been stricter. I would have been tough and I would not have allowed certain things, but I got in this, I sort of got in this game and I'm like, oh my goodness, my child needs me to help him co-regulate his emotions. So he is going to absorb, you know, my ability to regulate. So if he's screaming and I'm staying calm, he will be able to absorb that. And over time, he will learn to do this. And so in addition to this just being straight up science, you also need this other piece that goes with it that is having the actual skill set in moments like this. And if you don't have it, you can learn it and you don't have to become a parent to learn this stuff. If you get an opportunity Google reparenting and it is a game changer. Google sort of like self-regulation. And if you are a parent, co-regulation, get into it because um, it is a game changer. So I'm going to take a little bit of a detour and I want to share an exercise that was really helpful for me when I was in my early twenties and having a hard time picturing myself inside of the life I wanted. I want to tell you that it doesn't cost anything to go see or go sit. What kind of neighborhood would you like to live in? 
do some Googles and then go drive around those neighborhoods. You know, Google things like cool, hip neighborhoods in my city, neighborhoods for singles in my town, neighborhoods for families in my town or another town. And so it won't cost you anything to do that if it's local. Go see a house you like. Go to an open house. Go see an apartment that you like. It costs nothing to go see. What kind of job do you want? What does the office look like? Where is the company located? Walk by, walk into the building, look around, look at the people. Imagine yourself in this life. Know someone that's living a life that looks like one you'd like. Talk to them. Ask a few questions. Look for some clues to help you build your life. And if you're feeling fancy, walk into the kind of stores you wish you could shop in. It costs nothing to go see, look around, try things on. Take a picture of yourself. Take a picture of yourself. No one can stop you from doing this. And because we know that all of life is not related to things, what do you imagine your life feels like? How much confidence do you have? What do you look like when you walk around? How tall are you standing? You know, is that chin propped? What is that hair? Is that hair swinging? What is it doing? What does your face feel like? Where are your shoulders sitting? What kind of hugs do you give? How loud is your laugh? I want you to try all of this on. Try it on. It costs nothing to try on your life. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll say something quickly about having it all together at any age. Nobody has it all together. Most of us have idealized what life should look like and society helps us do that. I remember the first time my therapist told me I had idealized my parents. I had to run home and look that up because that was a word I'd never used. And so the meaning is to represent as perfect or better than in reality. We do that a lot. Sometimes you might notice there are people who seemingly have it all and they're still unhappy. So many of us have the belief that when we check every box, then and only then will our lives make sense to us. Then and only then can we truly be feel happy or accomplished. Some people have the appearance and they even have the things, but nobody, and I mean nobody, has it all together. It is not possible for the sheer reason that we are not 100% in control of our lives. Things are always happening outside of our control. So no one, even if they tried and they were holding on tight, will have it all together. Now, can I spend a moment on racking up more college debt, y'all. If the bachelor's degree didn't miraculously give you the clarity, cash, or career, what about another degree along with more debt will change this situation? Very few professions require a professional degree. Try on different careers for size during this time. Explore more while you have the chance. 
You tried being a nanny. Seems like that didn't work out. What else can you do? Getting more job experience can lead to something that actually sticks. In this season of life, figuring out what you don't want to do for work is more valuable than knowing what you want to do, in my opinion. Save your money, take a class, or hire a coach directly in the field you're interested in learning. Or even just hire a a life coach to help you sort through and maybe determine a path. Like there are people who do this professionally that are able to help you. Now, when it comes to spending money uh, to learn, I want you to spend on what you know you want to do, but please don't get another degree that you may or may not use and certainly not at the prices that are required today. Now, let's get to the question at hand. What are some tips for getting over the idea that my life should look a certain way by now. My number one tip that I have highlighted in my notes today is self-compassion. And there is a book with the same title by a person named Kristen Neff, and she defines self-compassion as this. Having compassion for oneself is really no different than having compassion for others. Think about what the experience of compassion feels like. First, to have compassion for others, you must notice that they are suffering. If you ignore that homeless person on the street, you can't feel compassion for how difficult his or her experience is. Second, compassion involves feeling moved by others suffering so that your heart responds to their pain. That's compassion. Self-compassion involves acting the same way towards yourself when you are having a difficult time, fail, or notice something you don't like about yourself. Instead of just ignoring your pain with a stiff stiff upper lip mentality, you stop to tell yourself, this is really difficult right now. How can I comfort or care for myself in this moment? If you want to explore some more of these ideas around self-compassion, I recently read started reading the book Self-Compassion. I took the test, grabbed the book, take the quiz, but check out the website, self dash compassion.org. It is exquisite. And what I'm starting to notice as I um, sort of get on this other side of life is how important self-compassion is. And it has been a muscle that I have built over the years. And so when I took the self-compassion quiz, I scored really high And I feel really proud of myself because I know that that is something that I have worked on and and learned alongside my therapist. Something else I recommend, which I recommended uh, earlier in this podcast, is getting professional help. Nothing has changed around here when it comes to my beliefs on the benefits of having a therapist. Um, I've been on the board for Open Path Collective, which provides, it's a nonprofit that provides affordable therapy for just over a year now. And I, I love learning and hearing about how many people are accessing this tool and just know that our history shapes the way we see the world and taking this growth journey alongside a professional, I feel helps add more details and more color to your story and ultimately helps you charge forward. Um, Another 
suggestion that I have is to embrace change. My favorite quote by Eckhart Tolle is, accept, then act, whatever the present moment contains. Accept it as if you had chosen it. This will miraculously transform your whole life. If you haven't read the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, I'm going to give you a short summary that I grabbed online. And I'm sharing the summary because I think it's helpful. Um, It's just helpful because I really enjoyed it. And if you're like on the fence about whether or not you should read this book or get the audio, let me fill you in. He says, living in the present moment will not change your external circumstances. In fact, life consists of cycles of success and failure. Each one is, is a necessary precedent of the other. These cycles can last from a few hours to years and are a part of the inevitable impermanence of everything in life. When you are present, you must accept the lows as much as the highs as a part of the reality of the now. Why fight a cycle that is inevitable? Much of the pain you experience is self-inflicted because you're not accepting the reality of the present moment. The circumstances of your life, your life situation can be unpleasant, but begrudging them does nothing to change the situation. It says when you resist the now, you're only creating negativity and unhappiness for yourself. Now, I'm going to push back on that last sentence just a little bit because I don't know that you're creating the negativity as much as you miss out on the opportunity to build tolerance for hard things and negative emotions. We will experience negative feelings and we should. The gift that we can give ourselves is to learn how to tolerate and process those feelings. Um, But just remember to get your Googles of like, what is reparenting? Because I feel like it has been a game changer in my life as a parent. And even if I wasn't a parent, I would be on a reparenting journey. I'm going to wrap up and leave you with this. Life is a mystery to be lived, loved, and experienced. Most of life is beyond the comprehension of our minds, but that doesn't stop us from trying. I see you. All we want to do is understand what will happen in our lives. We hope that we can devour enough knowledge to be prepared for anything that comes our way. The more we see life as a problem to be solved, the larger the problem gets. Try this on. All of the information I have in this moment is is exactly what I need to know. All of the information that I have in this moment is exactly what I need to know. And then I'm going to take a line from Kristen Neff's book, Self-Compassion. Rather than wandering around in problem-solving mode all day, thinking mainly of what you want to fix about your life, you can pause for a few moments throughout today, throughout the day to marvel at what's not broken. I'm going to say that again. Rather than wandering around in problem solving mode all day, thinking mainly of what you want to fix about yourself or your life, you can pause for a few moments throughout the day to marvel at what is not broken. Let's live in the mystery and embrace the many miracles we experience day to day, you guys. The way to support this podcast is by subscribing and rating it wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more of this, tag me in your tag me with your favorite quotes on your favorite social channels. And if you want to keep up with this podcast and if you want to keep up with me and a lot of the new and exciting things I'm going to be doing, sign up for my newsletter at mytaughtyou.com. 
And if you want to email me and you want to work through something to get something together, email me at mytaughtyou at gmail.com. Bye, y'all.